the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Mess It Up Podcast. I am your host, the Bowtie Guy. We are here. It's June 28th. This is the last show of June for 2022. After this, we got July coming up, and uh, we'll give you a show right after 4th of July. So this is our our freedom show, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, we're not doing anything around that. I just figured we could record a show. I'm actually trying to get some shows recorded. I don't know if I'll be able to do it, but we're going to be headed off to uh, the beautiful islands of Hawaii. Sorry about the squeaky squeaky. And uh, taking our grandsons with us this time to go visit family. And I uh, really don't have to bring my recording equipment to Hawaii to get shows done. So I'm going to try to get my shows done and in the can before we leave. But um, who knows if that'll happen or not. I, I've always got great plans, but they don't always work out that way. So anyhow, you may get some shows that were recorded in advance. You may get some shows recorded in Hawaii. We'll just see. But by the time uh, this show comes out, you know, I'll still be in California. But the next show that comes out, um, I will be in the beautiful land of Aloha. And here's the kind of fun thing. Uh, about that the next show that we do this is uh right now we're on show 221 the next one is 222 which is my birthday so i'm calling it a birthday show because my birthday is on 222 so anyhow that's kind of fun stuff to look forward to uh for uh, next week's show but it is not next week it is this week and you may have just heard my beautiful wife uh bev is here with us today for the show hi friends i hope you're having a great day oh is so sweet she's just the best i love that lady um hey one of the fun things that we do i think it's fun i like to think it's fun uh here on the show is have a big word of the week and our big word of the week this week is venal which means that you um you you can show a susceptibility or a, a, a tendency to being uh, susceptible to a bribe also i'm in the midst of having a text conversation with some people and and so I've, been, I've turned off my texting app but it keeps on dinging on my computer so i apologize for that um so we might hear that ding 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 going on um and uh, and that's just kind of the way it is um anyhow hopefully you're not susceptible to a bribe but here you are if you are venal you get 10 points every time you use it uh in a sentence correctly so go out and spread the uh the words of the week um with joy and uh, great a plum. Uh, I found something kind of interesting. Bev and I have been watching an old show called The Wonder Years, which came out in the 80s and 90s. And uh, the one of the characters today was studying for his SAT, and he was trying to figure out all these words, and his mom was helping him study, and his brother was helping him study. And a lot of the words they were using on his SAT test for this uh, episode were words that I've used on my Word of the Week. So I like to help you think that maybe you're you know getting a little bit better SAT scores because you've listened to this show. There you go. Yeah, pretty darn fancy. Um, also, I want to say thank you to our givers uh, on the show. Um, I don't uh, keep track of a lot of stuff. You know, I've got um, people who help me out. Uh, my daughter Heather is my treasure for the uh, the ministry, and um, you know, we've got intern Dave, and uh, not Heather. My daughter Kristen. <laughs> Bev just looked at me and mouthed the word Heather. Um, my daughter Kristen is our treasurer for messed up ministries and uh dave uh my son-in-law is the uh you know intern dave uh for the ministry um so i i don't keep really good track of things and i was working on some stuff we were working on budget and whatnot and uh, found out that a lot of people have joined our giving team um especially on the text to give and i just 
want to say thank you. We are going to be getting some gifts out to you folks. Um, uh, I'm just trying to figure out the software to, so I can figure out who they are. Um, so I thank you um, for those who have joined. For those who haven't joined, I want to tell you how you can do that. Uh, you can go to messituppodcast.com, click on the uh, Become a Patron button, and you can help support the show financially uh, for as little as a dollar a month. We've got several different giving options there for you to do. Or if you want to do our text to give, you can set up a one-time gift or a recurring gift by texting the word MUM to 7606, uh, I almost gave you my phone number, 760-WALLS-CA, and that helps uh, send missionaries into the prison walls in California. Bev and I just spent um, a day in a prison last week, and we're going to talk about that in just a bit here, but uh, it's because we've got people like you who make it so that we can afford to send people in to do God's work in the prisons, and it is, it's amazing. And uh, I'm humbled um, to have uh, people who support us and who believe in the ministry. So if you want to get involved, those are the two ways you can do it. It's tax deductible. Um, so we'll give you giving statements at the end of the year. And uh, you're doing great work to help out inmates in California. So thank you to all who have given, who are giving, and who will be giving. Um, just a really heartfelt thanks to everybody there. Um, if you want to join us on our social media, you know how to do that. Just look us up on Instagram, on Facebook, on Reddit. Uh, I've been putting some stuff on Reddit this week, uh, so um, that's kind of fun. Something that happened on Reddit, uh, I put a, a, a challenge out on Reddit and it expired and no one answered it. Uh, there was free Starbucks to anybody who made a comment on my post on Reddit. All you had to do was make a comment or, or get back to me. You could have had free Starbucks. So check for that because I like to do those kind of things, um, hoping that maybe there's some venal people out there that I can appeal to with a little Starbucks card to get you to look at my social media stuff. So anyhow, we do it to have fun. Um, so hopefully it's fun for you and everybody involved. And I think that I've probably gone far enough with all that. Have I, Bev? I think you have. Wow. That's uh, I was hoping she'd say no, say more, but I know she just <laughs> wants to be truthful. <laughs> so Bev, we just went to uh, prison in Tehachapi last week with Prison Fellowship Ministries. We did a HOPE event. And it's the first time we had been inside working with uh, the inmates since March of 2020. We went and did a visit to our prison a couple weeks back to just sort of check in and uh, do some inventory of our books and supplies, but we didn't get to do anything. We haven't started classes. And that prison's in the midst of a COVID bloom, so they've suspended programming until they get that squared away. But we got to go in to the prison. First of all, um, tell me your your thoughts about that. There, there's really no way for me to describe the pleasure and joy that I get walking into the prison. I, you know, it's I've said it before, so I know that people are probably saying, "Oh my gosh, here she goes again." Hey, but, these people listen to me every week, Bev. They're not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're not worried about hearing the same thing over and over. But I noticed at one point, you know, that I was smiling as I was listening to everything that was going on and just looking out over the sea of faces, and and then I noticed it several more times while we were there. But the, I think that the entire time I was smiling. Uh, it just was such a, I don't know, the presence of the Lord was so real. And 
to see men, because it was only a, a, a men's prison, uh, see men making decisions that will change the rest of their lives for good instead of making mistakes and decisions over things that would turn their lives in a negative direction was just overwhelming and just thrilling to me. Yeah, yeah. And even if, you know, it, it's so difficult because sometimes we make these decisions for Christ and feel like, all right, I want things to be different. You know, sometimes that decision might not change your life. It'll change your eternal life. Yes. And um, right now it feels long and hopeless perhaps, but it's just a blink of an eye because we've got eternity in paradise. And, you know, I was having a conversation with my mother just yesterday and she asked me a question that she's been asking a lot lately. She's 88. Um, Her mother took her to church when she was a kid and she took us to church and she did some stuff with, um, you know, some Bible studies and whatnot, but she really doesn't have what I would call a strong understanding of Christianity or even an understanding of her own faith. And she's been asking us and other people a lot, how do I know I'm going to heaven? She has a a lady she has coffee with that told her, I know I'm going to heaven. I, I, I know it. And she said, well, how can you know that? Because don't we have to, you know, isn't there a judgment day? And then we'll find out. And I showed her just some simple verses and, I showed her um, what Jesus said to the uh, criminal on the cross next to me. Today I will see you in paradise. And I said, you know, mom, did he have a chance to get off that cross and go do good deeds and stack up some good? She said, I don't know. And I said, well, look what it says there. It says he talked to Jesus. He acknowledged Jesus as his savior, as the, the Messiah, as the Christ. And he said, remember me. And Jesus said, you got it, man. Mm-hmm. You'll be there. Yeah. And it's just that simple. It's just that easy. But sometimes it doesn't feel that way. And that man still died. Yeah, You know, that he, he wasn't saved from a horrible death. He died a horrible death on a Roman cross. One of the worst ways to die was on a Roman cross. And he went through that. Yeah, one of the things that I think will always stick with me um, was something that the speaker said. And the speaker had you know, prior to this, had been incarcerated himself. And he was saying that he came up against a rock and a hard place and and how uh, it was going to be crucial for him to get some good news about his release. And he said he was fretting and worrying over that, whether it was going to ever happen, thinking that it wasn't. And then all of a sudden it dawned on him, you know, if this doesn't happen for me and I end up staying here a lot longer, I'm still going to serve God. Yeah. If I, if I get to go home, I'm still going to serve God. No matter what is going to happen to me in the future, I'm going to serve God. And I thought, what a resolve to have blindly saying that I trust God so much so no matter what comes my way, God is going to take mm-hmm. care of me. And so, you know, coming to that place of complete surrender, those kinds of stories always just wow me. Yeah. Um, anyway, and, and I just he, thought that was he said an interesting line when he was talking about that that I really thought, wow, that's a great line. He said, you know, I was just waiting, and what do waiters do? They serve. Yeah. And so he was waiting for God to give him an answer, and while he was waiting, he served. Yes. And I thought, wow. 
that's a great way of looking yes. at it. And we're going to have him on the show um, hopefully soon, and, and you'll get to hear his story because it is powerful and amazing, and it's definitely a mess into a message. Um, so, Bev, the, the thing that we were doing there at the prison was um, we did two HOPE events, what we call HOPE events with Prison Fellowship, and we did it on two different yards at the prison. And uh, for those who are not as familiar with the ins and outs of prisons, um, certain prisons will they'll have different yards. And what that means in, at Tehachapi, it's a facility. It's basically like several prisons all together. They're all fenced off, but they're, they're individual areas. And so the people don't intermingle between the yards. They're, they have their own yard there. And it's not just the outside yard. There's housing and everything, and they just call that a yard. So we went to one yard uh, in the morning, had lunch, and then went to another, a different yard of the same prison in the afternoon. Uh, but can you tell us just a little bit about a HOPE event with um, Prison Fellowship, what, what we did, what people might expect if they get involved and want to participate in a HOPE event? Yeah, um, there is really very little... And I apologize. I gave Bev a topic that we were going to talk about before this, and this is not what I said. That is I just okay. decided to go. So I'm freewheeling and throwing things at Bev here. So be amazed at how awesome she is oh. because she can answer questions. <laughs> Thank you. Well, um, first of all, I just want anyone to know who maybe would be interested in attending one of these. It's a very, there's very, very little ask for you to do. In other words, Basically, all you have to do is show up. That, that's it. You're not, you're not asked to come up and speak on a microphone. Um, you're not asked to uh, really do anything other than what you feel led to do. But um, So that might ease your mind a little bit because if some people have uh, a little fear or, or just uh, anxiety over it, I just want you to know it's a very low level of commitment and little is asked of you. But um, when you get there, I sort of likened it to a what what I would would call a retreat. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I was going to a particular church and they had a retreat, I would go to the retreat for maybe a, a day or two, and um, uh, you would just be refreshed and... Um, for the inmates as well as for the volunteers, you we had um, somebody doing music, which turned out to be a rapper. Okay, uh, a and, guy named Dante who also will be on the show soon. Yes, he was awesome. And then we have a speaker, and I don't know if it always turns out this way, but every hope event that I've been to, which is two, um, the speakers and the one in charge of music. They have been formerly incarcerated, so I don't know if it's always that way. But... Not always, okay. but, but oftentimes we try to have, and, and we find a lot of our volunteers, you know, are folks who have experience with uh, life on the inside. Right. So I just think that they have incredible uh, credibility, you know. Yeah, and the... it's, as a person, you know, when you have been incarcerated, you can smell a fake. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, it it just does so much more. And not that a person who hasn't been incarcerated can't have a great story for people who are incarcerated because we do have people who are musicians and speakers who come to Hope events that have not been incarcerated mm -hmm. and they do great jobs. But it, there's just, there's an immediate connection that you feel as an inmate when you see someone who's been in your, your shoes and your blues 
there. You get it. You know that they get it. That you don't have to go through the explanation mm-hmm. of what's going on because you've stepped to level two mm-hmm. immediately, and and that's yeah. that's good. Uh, so then, toward the end of the speaker, usually they have sort of a reflective, quiet time. Um, this speaker actually called it an altar call, but um, I've heard other speakers not call it that. But they're just um, an opportunity for the inmates to um, have a, a, uh, a step to a, to a closer relationship with Jesus, whether yeah. that's salvation, whether that's a recommitment, whether that means just prayer, uh, whether it means um, I just need some comfort or just somebody to come alongside of me so I don't feel alone. But they ask those men to step forward, and then we have the beautiful privilege of if we want to, we can pray with those with those people. And that's that's my favorite part about the Hope yes. events is is getting an opportunity to just go and share. And um, when you are incarcerated, you very quickly become a number. Yes. You have a number from the state or the county, and that's who you are. Everything that you get has your number on it. And you are, you know, everything deals with your number. And numbers aren't people. And people aren't numbers. And so if an institution can keep a person as a number, then that's not a person. Right. And if we can make the inmate be a person, then he will feel the emotions that people feel, including love yes, and regret and hope. And that's what we're there for, is to give them some hope. And I was having a, a conversation with some guys there about that. And they, you know, just, they, they told me, they said, thanks for making us feel like people today. Yeah. And it means so much. It's so little to do that goes so, so very far. It's a, an amazing gift that we were able to give to them in just, going and sharing and and loving on strangers that was an amazing thing and and it shows and I see you wanted to say something no no go ahead no Can no because no, I'm, I'm going to a segue so okay well um, I was gonna say I love that um, you don't have to even ask questions of these inmates when they come up they just immediately start talking mm-hmm. and the I think the word is candor, the candor that they speak with and the the transparency that they have always just blows me away. And I feel like that they possibly can be more real and more truthful about their lives than people that I meet on the street. Yes. Um, people that I bump into all the time, you know, in the grocery store or Walmart or wherever. It could even be at church because I don't feel that these men are the ones that we have met anyway, um, have come to the conclusion that they've had enough secrets and that hiding behind those secrets has caused them so much and brought them so much pain. I believe that they have nothing to lose now. Mm -hmm. So they won't give you specifics, but they will be very specific about who they are and what they're learning, um, and even some of the mistakes that they've made, and I find that incredibly refreshing, incredibly refreshing. Yeah. So, 
I, I agree with you 100% on that. And it, it is true that it's, it's, you know, it gives them that opportunity to just be real, to be healthy, to be loved, to be a person. And yeah. And, and they're no different than anybody. They're intelligent. They're, they're wise, many of them. Um, they're funny. I mean, they'll, they, you can find some humor in some things they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're hungry yeah. for for just companionship. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and love. So, uh, so it was great. It was it was awesome. And and we could see what we'll we'll talk about this after the break. Um, that you know people have the opportunity with what they've done. Some of the inmates that I met and and saw, um, I could see that they were using their experience, their mistakes, as a stepping stone to something better. And some were using it as an obstacle to hold them back. And and we'll talk more about that. Um, after the break. But right now we want to share our our, um, song of the week. It's from Ryan Ellis. It's called Heart of the Father. So we're going to give you about 90 seconds of that. We'll be back on the other side to talk about the song and to talk about objects and uh, obstacles and stepping stones. So here's uh, 90 seconds of Heart of the Father by Ryan Ellis. I've never felt at home like this Just like a child, so innocent And I'm safe inside your arms Cause you won't let go I've never known a love like yours, no Jesus, your name is So so very good. Um, that's a that's one. I, th- I think you're uh, one that suggested that for I us. I think so, uh, Bev. Think so, so, what what's your uh, take on this song, or what stood out to you? Um, from my experience, I am a homebody. Um, I, I most of the things that I recall about growing up were things that happened at home, and. Um, when I think of home, I, I think of a place that's safe. Mm-hmm. I think of a place that's fun. Um, I think of a place that is um, surrounded by family. And I think of a place that has good memories. Mm. And so when I saw that second verse, I've never felt at home like this, just like a child so innocent. And I'm safe inside your arms because you won't let go. I've never known a love like yours. And I love, love, love that center line. I'm safe inside your arms. Um, 
it is easy for me to work myself into a place of doubt and easy for me to get off track thinking that the things I do or don't do is going to affect the way God loves me. Mm-hmm. And um, when I hear this, I realize that um, God, he won't let me go. No. He, he's going to hold on to me. And um, it even doesn't matter if I'm trying to jerk away from him or, you know, how little kids will do when you've got them kind of like by the wrist and they try to peel your hand mm-hmm. off of theirs mm-hmm. uh, but taking your other hand. I can do that all I want to and try that because I think I know more than God, but God always wins. Yeah. And um, I, I really, really love that, that thought. Yeah. And for me, um, I, the first thing that I think about with the song and that I noticed with the song is the intimacy of the song. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's, there's, there's, it's kind of a lush production, but it feels intimate and, and personal. Um, and even when they have the big choir, you know, we sing praise. It's still, I just, I feel an intimacy when I heard this song and I just thought, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. But a uh, line that I highlighted was cause your spirit guides me. And mm. I, I need to keep that in mind that something will guide me. And is it me? Is it my desires? Is it my broken thought patterns or am I letting myself be guided by the spirit uh I, I had a conversation with um my friend Joshua who was on the show a while back um talking uh back in in April on show uh, what was that 212 her friend Joshua was on and he's coming to speak at my church uh on July 3rd uh if you're around in Ridgecrest or you check us out online on Facebook or RCA church app you can watch and, and listen to uh Tim speak, uh, but he was talking about what he should say, what he wanted to say, and he felt like he wanted to be protective of me because you know sometimes people pick on me when I get out in public, and because of my criminal past um, is not something that people like, and so it it precludes me from being able to do certain things, and he was feeling. Defensive for me, and he said, "Well, I will let the spirit lead me," and 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 that was his way of saying, "I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what God leads me to do," and that's a huge, huge, huge thing for me. That's a big. It's 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 not easy to do that because I want what I want. It's easy to figure out what I want. It's um, a, a much more difficult um, task to do what God wants and to be led by the spirit. Um, but he will lead me. He will guide me. And um, I think I often forget or minimize the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, I think about God. I think about Jesus. I don't think about the spirit. And, you know, he says, I'll send one to, you know, to be there when I can't and to comfort you. And that's what that Holy Spirit is. So um, I really like that aspect of, of the chorus in that song. Uh, can I just say that um, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. The last couple of weeks, I've been realizing that I have often taken credit for things that the Holy Spirit has done in my life. Um, thinking can you say that, more about I, that, yeah, thinking that I was, you know, because sometimes the Holy Spirit and my conscience 
kind of seem to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I make a good decision or what I think is a good decision, I'm thinking, good job, Bev. <laughs> and then I forget, Bev, you're an idiot. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit living inside of me, I... I would totally have blown that. Yeah, but you're God's favorite idiot. Oh, well, thank you for telling me that. But, you know, I just, I realize that he does so much for us. Mm -hmm. He really does. And without that wooing of the Holy Spirit, we'd be a whole, just a mess. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I would for sure. Um, So, yeah, it is, it's a a good thing Mm -hmm. that... um, that he does for yeah, us. Yes, so I liked what you had to say about that. Yeah. So um, so we were talking about people who, you know, did things. And, and um, the first yard we were on had, it was a, a level three yard. And, and that is, you know, level four is the most, um, the hardest level for, in, in California, they go one, two, three, four. One being the least dangerous, so to speak, and four being the most dangerous um, and so in level three, you've got a lot of guys who are serving life terms and have made some significant mistakes in their lives. And I was talking to a gentleman and he was probably in his forties. And when he was 18, made a bad decision, a couple of bad decisions, wound up getting a life sentence at 18. And now here he is in his forties. Yeah spent more than half of his life incarcerated and knows that um, there's a chance that he'll take his last breath behind bars. And he was smiling. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he, was, he had joy and he had positivity and hope. Hope. And he was taking that event that had been an obstacle in his life and he was making it into a stepping stone so that he could show other youngsters coming in, hey, don't do the things that I did. And and yeah, you're here, but let's make the best of here that we can. And this guy was on the inmate council that works with the staff to do things. And their yard had all sorts of beautifications that were going on that were done with volunteers and they gotten donations from outside sources to pay for things and uh, inmates were doing artwork and it was it was it was a prison it still looked like a prison but it was also beautiful mm-hmm. and and they took pride in it you know the, the way I would have someone come to my house and be like hey let me give you a tour of the house let me show you around this is my place and and that's the way they felt they took ownership of it and had pride that's not always for me an easy thing no. to take that object that's coming at me that I've put there and to say, all right, is this something that I'm going to allow to slow me down or, or make me completely change course and, and you know, knock me off of my mission? Or am I just going to use it to stand a little bit taller and, and see a little bit more? It's a difficult thing it is. sometimes. I mean, sometimes, sometimes I can do it. Sometimes, you know, I'm full of the spirit and I'm ready to go and and okay let's all right let's just climb rocks but sometimes i'm like another rock um i I think about when i hiked in zion and i was coming up out of the canyon after hiking all day and i was exhausted just completely knackered and trying to climb up these rocks to get out of the canyon to get to the parking lot was 
I mean, it was all I could do to lift my leg up. And there were times where I'd take the rock and it would come about to my hips that I had to get up on. And I just bent over at the hips and laid down on the rock and then pulled my legs up and then just kept going that way. And I knew there was nothing I could do but go. Mm -hmm. But I wanted them to just be like, I mean, I knew if I let them be an obstacle, I was stuck there. No one was coming for me. There wasn't a St. Bernard with a little, you know, flask around its neck to keep me nourished. I was there. I was, until I, you know, found my way out, I was there. And, and that's the way it can be with life that we have that chance to have obstacles or stepping stones. How, how do you, Bev, or how do we, what, do you, do you have any thoughts about how we can look at something and, and see it as a stepping stone instead of an obstacle? Yes, um, I, I would start with something really pretty simple, and that is um, I can easily give up. And when something comes along and it seems harder, because I want everything to be easy, you know. Um, besides, I often set goals for myself that are way too high, and, and so then it's easy to get discouraged when something comes up that I don't expect. But I think one of the things that can make those obstacles be a little easier to get over is to realize that when I'm on one particular side of the obstacle, I might not be able to see over it or around it, but I have to keep looking up because mm -hmm. if I look up eventually, then I can get to the other side and look back on it. And it probably wasn't nearly as hard as I thought it was. And it probably wasn't impossible. Um, the second thing is, um, I think there's a really fine line between the two, between obstacles and stepping stones, in that, um, well, maybe, maybe it's not a fine line, maybe that's not a great way to say it, but I can think of examples where um, overcoming obstacles built tremendous muscle power mm -hmm. or strength mm -hmm when I wouldn't have gotten it any other way. Um, and, and that can be mental, physically, physical, it can be emotional, it can be spiritual, where you just, you beef up because you've overpowered and overcome something. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think of our testimony that it's through, you know, that as overcomers by sharing our testimony, that's the thing that makes a difference. So, you know, I just can see that there's some advantages to actually coming up on an obstacle. Yeah. Um, yeah, then, it, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it could be a, a fulcrum for a lever to move something that we wouldn't be able to move otherwise. Yeah, and the other thing I would think, think it would be, I, I can think of many shows where I've watched, you know, like maybe a documentary on climbing or whatever, mountain climbing. They don't ever do it alone. They always have a spotter or somebody to stand there or help them or guide them or at least tell them this is what's coming up. Mm -hmm. And I think that coming up on obstacles gives us a chance to help one another. Uh, whether you're the one that is the helper or the helpee, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just think that it's good for us. Besides, if we don't, we can become lazy, lazy or um, defeated if we never come up on those things. Mm -hmm. Life can get pretty dull 
Yeah. It's all easy for us. Yeah. The, um, um, the, the idea that something bad can be turned into something good is the whole premise for this, you know, the mess into a message. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can get defeated on these things and just feel like wanting to just give up. Like, what's the point? And then I, I find someone who matters. I, I had a, a person send me a text this last week about, you know, a, a listener in, in Texas and just contacted me and said they had a friend that needed some help and would I be willing to talk? And I thought, you know, that's what we're doing. We're, you know, it's that just one that we talk about. Like, you know, if we just reach one person, we're good. And, and we've reached way more than just one. And we want to keep reaching and keep doing it. And by sharing our stories, it, it allows people to see that they're not the only one going through it. And you might not be able to relate to my story, but you'll be able to relate to somebody's story. And to see that somebody's mess is a message for you, um, which is, you know, shameless plug. That's, you know, what my second book, Piece by Piece, is about. You can get that on Amazon or Apple Books. Um, so, um, so yeah, it's, it, you know, it's what we need to do. And by, like you said, by getting up higher, we can see the thing that we couldn't see before. Right, right. And, and what might seem like um, insurmountable you know, once we get there, once I got to the top of the canyon in uh, in Zion, I had all the energy in the world. Sure you did. Because I could see, okay, now I'm on fairly flat ground. I'm going to a, uh, you know, just a trail to the parking lot. And I was like, well, what was so hard before? How come I couldn't do this? It was because I, I, I got over the obstacle. Yeah. Um, I remember when we were both in the classroom teaching and uh, you taught me a great lesson in that. We were, you know, at the beginning of the school year, you always make classroom rules, and you had your students help come up with the classroom rules, and um, I didn't. You know, I had first graders, and you had fourth and fifth graders, and I just didn't even think about that concept. But the reason why I mention that is the man that you were talking about that is the inmate and is trying to serve by being a mentor to new people that come in, uh, it makes me think about those rules because the the inmate was focusing on, he was not focusing on what he cannot do. He was focusing on what he can do. And I think that prison would be a really difficult place to, you know, you just come out of losing a lot of freedoms you know, and then to start looking for things that you can do to make this place better, that is highly commendable, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and I think that an obstacle can be like that too, where you use it as an opportunity to keep going higher. Yeah. And helping other people along the way. Exactly. And that's the thing is, is other people can see that you did it. You know, the first person to scale El Capitan in Yosemite took several days to mm-hmm. do this and now people routinely do it in a day wow. um, because they saw how to do it that that first person trying to figure it out we were watching a documentary the other night on uh, Netflix about a guy uh, it was a kid who was taking a um, uh, a trip around the world on his bicycle on his gap year uh, after he had graduated 
I'm guessing he was taking a gap year, which is you know popular in, in European countries to take some time and go travel. And so he took two years to go out on a bicycle and ride. And he just did it the way a teenager would do it. Mm-hmm. He had the money and he just went out. And I, it was funny watching him ride off. He, was, he didn't have a fancy bike. He didn't have fancy shoes. He didn't yeah. have a fancy helmet or, or you know, uh, riding gear, anything like that. And he got a, a flat tire and he had a time lapse of him fixing it. It took like an hour and a half for him to fix a flat tire because he didn't have any experience. And once he started doing it, then those things, you know, the time goes faster and faster and faster as we get better and better and better. And it becomes easier and easier for us to step up on top of the obstacle in front of us and change it into that stepping stone and a way to guide other people so they can see where we were. And, and that makes it worth it. It's, it's, it's making the hurt pay dividends for someone else. And mm-hmm. I knew when I got out, I probably wasn't going to see a lot of rewards for anything that I did in my lifetime. But what my mission has mm-hmm. been is to do all the right things so the people who came behind me in a similar situation, they would have, you know, the state would have evidence data of people doing the right things so that way they might be able to trust more people to do the right things because when i was in they didn't trust me to do the right thing um i remember going to my uh, probation hearing and them saying yeah right like probation's gonna work and and there can be a very negative Mm -hmm. disparaging attitude toward it and and we've got a i'd like to think that we can do our part to to change things i would think so too um what I'm going to say next is not, I don't want anyone out there to think that God will throw an obstacle at you um, to make you slow down. You know, I think sometimes maybe that is possible or that God permits that. But I am going to say that there have been times in my life that the obstacle that I was dealing with did cause me to slow down, mark time, um, take a breath reevaluate um and maybe the obstacle turned out to be something that I didn't have to climb over mm-hmm. but rather maybe there was another way around it or maybe there was a better path um and I know that God has used times when I had to slow down for whatever reason to just mend me yeah to heal me to give me rest and so I think that's when an obstacle can become a stepping stone that when we do get healed or rested or fed or whatever it is that comes from that slowdown, like you said, you were raring to go when you got to the top of that and then saw that the rest of it was downhill. So um, it, it's a head game. Yes, I mean, you have so to make a conscious yes. choice to say, I am going to deny myself the pity party. I am going to forget that... Um, Maybe I'm the only person in the whole wide world that's ever faced this challenge hmm. and start thinking, what can I do to make it better for myself and for others coming behind me? And how can God help me through this? How can yeah. I lean on God? Because God doesn't fail. No, he, he doesn't. doesn't. Fail us. He, doesn't he doesn't always have my hurt. answer, yep. but he won't fail me. Yep. Um, yep. And, and I've got thousands of years of evidence to back up that claim. Yes. So. And... Uh, what am I supposed to learn? Yeah. You know, what should I yeah, learn? What, what, what can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. I've gone through it. 
Now let's let's mm-hmm. turn around and make it useful. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, any parting shots, uh, Bev? Before we leave, any uh, final ideas? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's pretty much it for me. All right. Well, I just want to remind you about our giving platforms. You can go to messituppodcast.com and click on uh, become a patron to go to our Patreon platform. You can go to our text to give seven six zero walls ca to do that as well. Um, all of you people who have done that, uh, let me. I'm gonna go and find all those text to givers <laughs> and and get the uh, um, Discord information to you, so you can join our chat server if you want to talk to other uh, givers and and join in that conversation. And we'll get some swag out to you as well. Um, but thank you so much for doing uh, what you know you're doing, people, which is listening to the show. Uh, I have a a routine of prayers that I go through, and one of my nightly prayers is for God to uh, bring um, listeners uh, mm-hmm. to the show. And uh, one of the best ways that he does that is by you telling someone. So share it on your social media. Uh, just tell a person, hey, listen to this. Um, and hopefully they'll get something out of it as well. If you've got a story that would be good for people to hear, if you've got uh, a, a time in your life where you had an obstacle and you turned it into a stepping stone, We'd love to hear it, and we'd love for other people to hear it. So give me a call at 760-608-1942, or shoot me an email. It's bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. And, um, you know, we want to share your stories with people as well, give some people some hope. Uh, follow us on our social media. Use that word, venal, in your, uh, your sentences this week, and you can get yourself some bonus points. And um, I guess I've got nothing else to say. Except for we'll see you next time we mess it up. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.